Hi, my name is Bria Ellie, and I lead university recruiting at Ridgeline. I'm super excited to introduce a new podcast called Welcome to the Workforce, which you're listening to right now. Welcome to the Workforce is a monthly podcast hosted by yours truly. Our intention is to give bite-sized learnings about topics that we feel are important for new grads and employees that are new to a corporate environment to learn from. For our first podcast, we are going to talk about communication. Communication is the foundation of everything we do, and so over the next 15 minutes, we have a special guest in the studio to help cover this. If this topic sounds like it resonates with you, then keep listening and we'll dive a little bit deeper. Today, we have Sabina Sobani in the studio. She's considered a best-in-class communicator here at Ridgeline. Welcome, Sabina. Thank you for the glowing introduction, Bria. (laughs) So, Sabina, before we dive in, I would love if you could just share a little bit about yourself and your background. Sure. Um, I'm, I'm Sabina. I'm a technical product manager at Ridgeline. I'm based out of the New York City office. Um, I work on the platform side of things. It's basically the infrastructure and the services that power the rest of the application. Awesome. And maybe just throw in a fun fact for the audience. <laughs> uh, fun fact, and I always go to this one, is that I'm, I'm an identical twin. So I think that's pretty unique about me and has shaped uh, who I am in many regards. It honestly probably helped you with your communication. (laughs) No doubt. Absolutely. Always having a person to run things by. Definitely. So to just kick it off, um, I would love to understand just why you think communication is important. Yeah, I think it's probably the most important life skill if you think about how you share your ideas, your thoughts, information in general, it all is backed by communication. So for me, it's, the, it's like the catalyst to get anything done. You use it to articulate your ideas, to motivate others, to deliver feedback. And ultimately it's, it's the mechanism that then drives the execution of those ideas. So I think it's super important, not only in the workplace, but also of course in your personal life to build trust and help build teams and relationships where everyone feels really strong about speaking up. Yeah, I definitely think that's important. And obviously here at Ridgeline, we are such a small group of people. And so our communication is really just all over the place when we're talking to folks like you, we're talking to other engineers. And so I w- just in your words, I mean, what makes a good communicator in a workplace? Yeah, I think it's a great question. I think the most important thing is listening. Communication is a two-way street. So by listening, you're kind of creating the space to let others speak up and you're able to hear their ideas and then be able to articulate yours on top of that. So listening is where it always starts for me for communication. Um, I think the second part of that is opening the lines of communication. So seeing where it's not necessarily happening in an effective way and then trying to create a mechanism to open it, whether that's like a newsletter or an email or a post in Slack, Um, especially in the workplace. I think it's very important to sometimes overshare rather than undershare. Yeah. And I love that you brought up um, just creating that two-way street because Mm -hmm. even though this podcast is kind of tailored towards more junior level folks, 
Um, I think that it definitely can give some pointers as well to everyone in the workplace. And so when you're talking about kind of creating those open lines of communication, how do you create that safe space? And what do you think, you know, generates that openness for Ridgeline? Yeah, I think you have to try and forge a human connection with who you're speaking with. And um, at times in the workplace, it can often come across as, you know, perhaps weak to, to appear vulnerable. Um, but I think the best way to remedy that is to lead by example. So for me, you know, I, I do work with a lot of younger engineers and I try to show them that, hey, I'm, I'm the one who's opening up to you. And I think that they look to that and then try and mirror it because it, it can of course seem a little bit off at first. Um, but I think mm -hmm. it's important to lead by it and start sharing. And then you then, like you said, to a street, you then start listening. And I think a big part of listening is asking probing questions that then get people to open up more freely. You kind of touched on this, um, mm -hmm. but I, it, are there like three main things that you think make you a good communicator? Yeah, I think especially in my role, it's, it's both very technical, but also very functional. So I often describe to people that to be a technical product manager successfully, and I think this applies to any role, is to be able to flex how you communicate. So when I'm talking to engineers, I'm able to get really nitty gritty into the details, but then when I have to communicate those ideas out to more functional people, um, I have to scale it back a little bit and change it. So I think it's both the tone at which you deliver things and the language that you use, but also trying to cater it to different mediums. So I'm a super visual learner. So as a result, I often create diagrams to try and get my point across and then also speak in different ways. So I think that's a really big one. Um, the second one for me that I think is super important is I use a feedback loop. So mm. oftentimes, uh, few people will be in the room and they'll all be saying what sounds like the same thing, but then they go out of that conversation thinking something different. So what I try to do is at the end of a conversation, I'll say, okay, so to repeat everything I heard, this is what we all agree on. Um, and, and usually doing that, it already creates uh, a conversation where people realize that they thought the wrong thing. So um, I think that feedback loop is super important. And then I, I stressed this earlier, but probing questions. Um, and that's part of listening, where you are listening to what each person is saying and then trying to create or ask probing questions on top of that to just get them to continue talking and getting their ideas forward. So, yeah, <laughs> I said a lot there. No, I think that that's great. I think um, I completely agree with all of that. I feel like there are tons of little tips that I think just go into being a good communicator and those three really sum it up that I've seen of you. So that's great. Yeah. Um, kind of on the flip side of that, mm -hmm. I would love to hear if there anything that stands out from the years of work that you've done that are kind of like your communication pet peeves. Have you ever seen anything that just isn't working, should not be happening? Yeah, I think there's, there's two things that come to mind. Um, the first one, and I think I saw this a lot when I worked in consulting, is that there are a lot of type A personalities who will speak up and kind of hog the floor. Um, so I think, you know, in a room, it's very normal for the more extroverted person to speak and share their ideas. Um, but then that, of course, doesn't let a person who is less okay and less comfortable with speaking up to actually do so. So I think the way you remedy that is you have to be very aware of all the different types of personalities in a room 
and call on people who otherwise might not feel comfortable speaking up. So I think you'll often see that someone will hog the floor. And I think that's that's a big pet peeve of mine because it's it's not creating that space that that we talked about to make people feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Again, just kind of getting into your more of your experiences. Was yeah. there anything that you've done in your career that was a very embarrassing communication mistake? <laughs> yeah, I can think of one experience um, when I was an analyst uh, at a consulting firm. I was fresh out of college. I hadn't really utilized email that much. Um, and I accidentally sent the wrong attachment to basically an entire leadership team. So this was like a top level executives. Um, and so I said, you know, here's the final presentation attached. And I ended up attaching just a screenshot that I had on my desktop. <laughs> um, and it actually took me probably a few hours to realize that I had done that after. Oh, no. People. Yeah, they, they'd ping me and they said, I don't think you meant to send that. Um, so I think it, it's kind of like, you know, you enter the workplace and you're not used to more formal levels of communication. Um, and I think that one really taught me that, hey, you really need to double check every email you send because it's kind of out there. I think with Slack, you can edit what you post in Slack. Um, whereas an email, once it's out there, it's it's out there. So I, I try to <laughs> peer at everything with like a fine tooth comb um, before I send anything. So that was very embarrassing. <laughs> Yeah, you got to love the email mistakes. I <laughs> definitely had my fair share of like, do not reply all and then I reply all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so it happens, but at least you're able to remedy it a couple hours later. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Um, so another topic is mm-hmm. about the differentiation between Slack and sending an email and setting up some time on someone's calendar to talk. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to hear from your perspective, kind of how we figure out the best mode of communication for a certain topic or update. Yeah, good question. And I'd say that's that's a learning process that I'm still learning, (laughs) but I can share um, what I've learned throughout the years. I think Slack is really good for instantaneous communication, um, but it's something that if you send it, it's going to get lost. So people receive so many Slack messages constantly throughout a day. So if you're trying to communicate something that needs to sit there and stay that you can then reference again when you need to. I tend to send those kinds of things on email. So if that's like a a newsletter or me saying, hey, this big decision was made, I won't do that on Slack. Um, A, because it's easier to look back on the email and, and B, I think sometimes you have to want to create a paper trail where you'll say, okay, six months from now, if someone asked me, hey, why was that decision made? I can quickly go back to that email and look it up. So I think email is really good for that. It's it's also good for more formal communications to probably larger sets of people. So of course, company-wide announcements and notices seem really fit to me for email. Whereas Slack, I think is like, it's almost like you pick up a phone and you're calling someone. That's what Slack feels like to me, especially now that we're remote. Um, so that's kind of the, the things that I use and then meetings um, I honestly have been scheduling more meetings now more than ever now that we're remote because mm-hmm. I think anything that requires a true conversation where um, hearing the tone of what someone is saying and trying to understand how they feel about something is more important to do that over a meeting than Slack because I think things can get very lost in translation on Slack where you can misinterpret tone um, and that can be pretty pretty bad. So 
I think those are the three rules I use, you know, instantaneous feedback, Slack, um, something that you want to look back on in the future, email, um, and then meetings if you want to have like a candid discussion and try and parse through a problem or an issue and find the right solution to it. Going into a remote situation is always tricky. And so communication and those three different avenues are very mm -hmm. important for us. Yeah. Since moving remotely, how do you think mm -hmm. communication has kind of changed for people? It's, it's been a lot harder, I'd say. You, you don't have that um, the way where you're in person and you can just drop by someone's desk and ask them a quick question. Yeah, I think it's made me especially, and then probably everyone be way more intentional about communicating because they can't just rely on that, you know, that office room banter or anything like that. So I think you have to schedule things in advance. If there's something that you foresee is coming up where there's going to be disagreement, you put it on the calendar immediately. Um, and I, I have so many more, some, so many more one-on-ones now. Um, and I think that's because we're not in person. So I'd say the number of meetings has increased drastically. I personally haven't figured out the best way to balance uh, asynchronous communication, so on Slack versus meeting people in person. So mm -hmm. still trying to still trying to nail that one, but I think it's definitely increased the uh, frequency of meetings and also um, made me be super intentional about getting an idea across because we're not all in the office. So. I think everyone's out on their own in different locations and therefore ideas might come across differently. So I think I schedule even more meetings, uh, send even more emails that say, hey, this is the decision that was made and talk a bunch on Slack. So I'd say it's just, it's kind of pushed communication into overdrive. Yeah, I was about to say, back to your original point, oversharing is never a bad idea. Never a bad idea, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. I mean, that kind of wraps up everything that we were looking for in our in our session. And I have a quick game okay. that I wanted to play. And it's just three rapid fire questions that I think that I definitely suffer with. Um, yeah. And so I want to see where your input is. Sure. But number one, how many exclamation points are too many exclamation points? <laughs> Two. <laughs> Two, Erica said the same thing. I, I need to take that advice. <laughs> I love that. And then second, is all caps ever appropriate? I think no. I, I've only ever used it in a joking way. Um, I think especially now that you're not seeing people in person, it can come across as like angry or shouting. And I don't think we ever try to do that. So I'll send all caps as a joke to people all the time, but never never uh, formally. <laughs> okay, that's fair. And when should you, when should we use bullet points over paragraphs? I would say always. <laughs> always? Okay. Yeah. And there you have it. Um, and there you have and it. And then <laughs> last question, thinking back to when you had started the, in the working world, is there one tip that you would like to give our listeners? Yeah, I think focus on active listening and, and try and learn that skill. I think it's really important that you uh, try and sense people's tone um, and, and truly understand what their intent is. I think that's something that I uh, wasn't really used to doing in a workplace. So I think that's really important. And then 
probably the most important tip is the one that I shared, which is the, the feedback loop. I think it's super important, especially as a new hire, that you convey that you understood what was actually being um, spoken to you. Um, so I always, I always say, okay, so to repeat everything here is what I heard. And that has been really, really helpful for me that I've kind of learned over the years that um, people always assume that they're on the same page and it's, it's very frequently not the case. So I'd say those two things, practice listening and use a feedback loop. Um, and again, ask a lot of questions. I think that's a, that's a big one. You won't know the answers, but you have to ask. Definitely. Well, thank you, Sabina, so much for coming in today and talking to us about this. I think it's going to really help just kind of open um, everyone's line of communication at Ridgeline. But I appreciate your time. Absolutely. Thank you, Bria. So that wraps up our first episode of the Ridgeline Studios Welcome to the Workforce podcast. If you're more of a visual learner or want to reference some key points that Sabina made, please check out our communication tips one pager. And if you're interested in learning more after that, we have a survey linked in the description that you can fill out. We'll be hosting a new topic each month on these different workplace nuances. Tune in next time to hear about time management with Jenny. Thanks, y'all. Oh, 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 oh,